When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. A while back, I made a video talking about my six favorite authors. Then I asked myself this question. Why did I like these authors? Of course, I read their novels, but there was something more subconscious. Well, subconsciousness is a little too deep a topic for this video, so I decided to take a more shallow route. I went online and I looked at their height. Four of these men were of the same height as me or very close. I am 5 foot 7 or 171 centimeter tall. Dostoevsky was 5 foot 6 or 169. Proust was 5 foot 7 or 170. Murakami and Ishiguro both 5 foot 6 or 168 centimeters tall. So my theory is that we tend to like authors who are of the same height as us. Now let's ignore other social factors for a moment. On a deeper level, people with similar height experience life somewhat similarly. Since I mostly read psychological artistic novels, all these authors have in common is that they wrote or still write novels that deal with human existence on a psychological level, that are mostly pessimistic about human and human life. People with similar height have a similar field of vision. Not just that, society treats people differently based on height. Later I'll share some studies that show your height really matters. To put my wacky theory to the test, I would like you to list top 5 of your favorite authors and then go online and search for the height. Of course, if you're male, look for 5 male authors and if you're female, find 5 female authors. Then come back and leave a comment down below. Who knows, we might be able to collect some good data and come to a more solid conclusion. Now to put my height into perspective, let's look at America. The average height for men in the US is 5 foot 9 or 175 centimeter. And for women it's 5 foot 4 or 162 centimeter. Now 75% of American men are taller than me. 
but to boost my ego, I am taller than 85% of women in the US. If you want to check where you stand in the US, I'll link the website that tells you down below. Of my 6 favorite authors, Charles Bukowski was 183cm tall, so it stands out. Which ironically how he lived his life, on the edge of everything. And finally, Raymond Carver who stood at 6'2 or 189cm. But despite his height, ironically, he only wrote short stories. Another example of a famous writer who mainly wrote short stories, Roald Dahl, who was a tall beast at 6'6". If you don't believe me, Anton Chekhov, the father of short stories, was 6'1", which was pretty tall back then. So my conclusion is that short men write longer novels. Now why is that? My theory is that short men write bigger novels so people notice them. It is true. Imagine you are among the crowd of tall people. You have to shout louder than everyone else for people to notice you. I've been there myself. Now this got me thinking, do more short men become writers? Okay, perhaps that's a stupid question. You find plenty of tall men who are great writers. Tolstoy was 5'11 or 181 centimeters. Stephen King at 6'4 or a whopping 193 centimeters should have done basketball instead of fiction. He could have made a name for him on the court. Now let's put on our Sherlock's goggles and look at a few authors and their height. LitHub.com has listed authors and their heights in order. Okay, thanks to Emily Temple for compiling this list. I'll put the link down below. Charlotte Bronte was short at 4'9", and her sister Emily, who I think wrote a more superior novel, was 5'7", which is my height. Again, I absolutely loved Wuthering Heights, but not so much Jane Eyre. Thomas Hardy was pretty short, another author I absolutely love. Truman Capote was also pretty short. Both Thomas Hardy and Truman Capote wrote female characters wonderfully well. Thomas Hardy's Tess is an amazing character. Capote's Holly in Breakfast at Tiffany is also wonderful. So my second not-so-scientific theory is that short men can write female characters very well because they are of the same height. We tend to divide society based on class, gender, race and many more, but we rarely divide or study society based on height, which I think has more influence on our lives perhaps subconsciously, as we humans are deeply visual creatures. Height allows us to make snap judgments, fast, efficient way to categorize people. Now here's a fact, William Faulkner was rejected by the US Army because he was too short. Now I get it. Historically, short men didn't fight wars where the risk of death was pretty high, so short men instead lived to write what happened in those wars. I'm not saying that Faulkner wrote about the war, but throughout human history, men who couldn't fight became storytellers. We humans are very versatile creatures. If we are lacking in one area, we improve another way. The cliche that if one door closes, another one opens. The greatest example is Homer. He was blind so he couldn't fight. What did he do? He wrote two of the greatest Greek epics about the Trojan War, the Iliad and the Odyssey. Also a lot of writers as well as artists suffer physical illnesses, which explains why they couldn't go to the world and hunt bears. Instead they stayed home to read and write. Epilepsy was a common illness among many 19th century authors. This article tackles that same question. Great writers like Flaubert, Dickens, Edgar Allan Poe, Dostoevsky all suffered from same disease. Fundamentally, we are slaves to our own body. A small illness can twist our thoughts in ways we can't imagine when we're healthy. Marcel Proust famously said that we suffer and that makes us think. 
Another good example is Jorge Luis Borges. He had a life-threatening accident that twisted or shook his brain in some way, and after that he wrote exceptionally unique short stories, which made him one of the most celebrated 20th century writers. Now let's talk about sex. The English novelist E.M. Forster said there are five most important facts in human life. Birth, food, sleep, love, and death. Birth and death are beyond our control. Sleep too. Now we spend most of our lives in search of food. And that's why we work eight hours a day. The second most important fact we think about is love or sex. In other words, our struggle to find a mate to procreate with. Of course, most people use sex for fun these days. Now why am I talking about sex here? Biologically speaking, most women do not want to mate with shorter men, unless they offer something else that is exceptional like a talent for writing great novels. I guess the same for men, we generally don't want to mate with women taller than us. Unless you are the president of France or the president of Formula One. Both Mr. Sarkozy and Eccleston married women who were considerably taller than them. Several studies conducted in 1980s and 1990s show that taller men on average have more female partners, more children, and more likely to be married than shorter men. While among the childless and unmarried and those with fewer kids, there are far more short men than tall men. I think the main reason women do not mate with shorter men is security and provisioning, so tall men are far more reliable mates. Traditionally, taller men were more successful financially, and even today that's the case. A study published by the British Medical Journal in 2016 found that on average if a man is 3 inches shorter than another man, the shorter man earns $1,600 less. For women, however, while their height makes no difference, their weight does. For example, if a woman weighs 14 pounds more than another woman, the heavier woman earns $1,600 less on average. So in the financial world, of course, being tall is a huge advantage. Perhaps that is why short people turn to art. So in short, short men try to compensate for their shortcoming in height with socioeconomic traits such as status, power, wealth, intelligence, or artistic achievements. Generally speaking, humans are lazy and take the easiest path to success or the path of least resistance. So if you are beautiful and good looking, why work hard? The stereotypes that good-looking people are slightly dumb has some truths. If you can get by in society, find plenty of mates, and people appreciate you just by your biological traits, i.e. looks, why use your brain? Okay, before you beautiful people write negative comments, this rule doesn't apply to you. Traditionally in Japan and China, blind men had a very specific profession. Can you guess? They were not visual artists. They didn't do precision surgery. They became masseurs because they had the magical touch. In the dark, your fingers become your eyes and ears. The fundamental law of evolution is that we compensate for our deficiencies in one area with strength in another. If your looks and physique don't help, you train your social acuity or power of observation or brain to survive and eventually get ahead. So necessity really is the mother of all inventions. Also historically in China and to some extent in Japan, writing fiction or telling fantastical tales was considered a feminine trait. Men became engineers, scientists and military strategists. In other words, dealt with the reality of running a society. This is partly due to Confucian philosophy putting women and children below men on social hierarchy. But fast forward to the 20th century, fiction became a male domain in China. 
because it had become a respectable profession. Partly thanks to the West, where novel writing was considered a high art, especially many of the 19th century Russian novels were translated to Chinese. Ironically, however, in medieval Japan, the most celebrated works of literature were written by women. The greatest example is The Tale of Genji by Lady Murasaki, written 1000 years ago, which I have discussed here. So we know short men have it quite tough, so perhaps writing fiction is a good place to escape to. I guess most women too, physically shorter and weaker than most men, relied on their power of observation and imagination to weave great tales for their children and to some extent for society. In the past, female authors used male names to publish their books. This was because in Europe, only men were considered literary. George Sand, George Eliot, and George Orwell are good examples. Sorry, I was carried away by the name George. Orwell was a man, of course. But today things have changed a lot. I could be wrong, but I suspect some of the most popular romance writers out there today might be using female names to publish their books. If you know someone, let me know. Today, most readers of fiction are women, not men. So to conclude this video, tall men have all the advantages in society. Most women want to mate with them. Women generally mate with tall and strong men. Why? For protection from other men and wild animals and they are better equipped to deal with physical world. Today the world looks much safer and more orderly, but we're still animals. Not just women, other men also respect taller men or look up to them, pun intended. Most of the top company CEOs are tall men. So the world is pretty unfair for short men. Alan Davis, the British comedian, made a joke. Short men should rise up. In my next video, I'll talk about penis size and how that affects your ability to write. Of course, I'm joking. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.